Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! And welcome to our number three of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, spending part of our weekend with you. Thank you for spending part of your weekend with us. Sean Engel producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And we'll be uh, talking uh, plenty of fantasy uh, football in the next hour. Maybe try to sneak in a little baseball talk as well. Because you still need to uh, focus on your fantasy baseball teams and win your leagues, right? This is the time to do it when people are paying attention to fantasy football. Uh, But before we get to any of that fantasy stuff, George, I I couldn't let this show go by without a little mention of uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Bigfoot was in the news this week, George. Did you know that? I did not know that, Joe, that Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or $6 million man, or anybody like this was in the news. So, no, I think that's so why I'm fascinated this. by Bigfoot, because of what you just mentioned. The $6 million man, popular show in the 70s. They had a few episodes with Bigfoot played by... Andre the Giant, former wrestler, and Ted Cassidy also played him on that show. Uh, If you like classic TV, he played Lurch on The Addams Family. But if I had to ask you, George, where the Bigfoot sighting capital of the world would be, where is it? There you go. There's the six-meet man. I I watched that show as well back in the day. Where is the Bigfoot... um, I would think it would have to be in a foresty area. I'll say uh, the state of Washington. There you go. And that's what I would say, like northwestern United States, right? But yes, I was reading this week, uh, the Bigfoot sighting capital of the world. I don't know if they're, they're just calling themselves that, but uh, it's in Whitehall, New York, which is a, a town in upstate New York. It's near Lake George, uh, near the border of uh, New York State and Vermont. There have been sightings reported since the 1600s, George. And uh, this past week, uh, supposedly there was another sighting where a Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call them, uh, and I'm sure that there are female Sasquatches as well. <laughs> uh, of course, he's, he's got to have a love <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, that's how they, uh, they procreate, right? You need a female Sasquatch. But, uh, yeah, it uh, Somebody saw it uh, cross the road, right? There's a joke in there somewhere. But uh, and this town uh, has a Sasquatch festival every year, uh, and this September uh, they're having another one, complete with a Sasquatch calling contest. They also have a Sasquatch half marathon, so uh, you can even eat at the Sasquatch saloon in town. So Georgia, uh, you know, if if you want to relive, what are you doing next weekend, uh, Joe? <laughs> That's right. Dude. We gotta go. Right. We'll go right, right after the Empire. Cause, right after the Empire thing on Friday. Me, you, and Scott. I'll take Corey with us. Yeah, straight there. There you straight go. Straight to us. Whitehall, Sasquatch, Capital. Oh my God. Maybe there's just a lot of ugly people in Whitehall. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> and what? That they, they, you could mistake them for being uh, Sasquatch. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. You know. Mm. So. Uh, I mean, uh, God, I don't even know where White. Uh, listen, I live in New York. I don't even know where Whitehall is. I assume it's upstate somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's near I, Lake George. I've never heard of it, so it's way up there. near Lake George. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe I don't want to go to Lake George anymore either. Yeah, because who knows? You might get uh, right, right. A, a visit from a Sasquatch. God, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so I just uh, I couldn't let the show go without me mentioning that. So, uh, but let's get back to some fantasy football, huh? 
Packers put a hurting on the Steelers, 51-34. Aaron Rodgers played just one series, but looks like he's fully back and ready to go. Good mobility. Uh, yeah, look, this guy is just amazing, right? You get preseason game, and he's rushing the Green Bay offense to the line, causing the Steelers to take a 12-man uh, on-the-field penalty. This guy just plays at one level, you know, and it just goes all in all the time. Yeah, he's back. I'm not worried about him at all. I mentioned those two mm -hmm. drafts I play in uh, tomorrow and the day after. Tomorrow's draft is a two-quarterback league, and in my draft mm -hmm. on Monday, it's a super flex league. I wish mm -hmm. I, I had a chance at grabbing uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't. In one league, I have the fifth pick. In the other league, I have the sixth pick. I know he'll be gone by then. I know how people draft mm -hmm. in that league. Uh, it'll be heavy, mm -hmm. heavy quarterback, especially a two-quarterback league, as well it should be. So uh, I, don't have all, I don't own any shares of Rodgers yet. It's not because I'm, I'm afraid of him. I'm not. I'd like to have him in every league. He's the one player I wouldn't mind mm -hmm. taking every league. If I go down with the ship because he gets hurt, then I go down with the ship. Uh, it happened mm -hmm. last year in the Scott Fishbowl. I banked on Green Bay. Had Rodgers, yeah. Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, and Ty Montgomery. And when Rodgers went, went down, well, so did that team. And uh, so it didn't end well for me. But I have no problem with Aaron Rodgers this year drafting him mm -hmm. uh, with the, the supreme confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree with you. Uh, so in terms of the... Uh, Packers offense, I think we're all in agreement. Devontae Adams, obviously the number one guy there. We talked earlier that uh, Rodgers uh, hooked up with Jimmy Graham uh, for a touchdown in this, this game that we're talking about uh, against the Steelers. And I think he's, I agree with you, he's going to be a big time red zone target for him. What about this guy, you know, uh, you know trying to intersperse some, uh, some names that you might take late in your drafts. What about this guy, Jake Kumaro? I mean, because when you look at the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, obviously the the number one guy. And, uh, you know, uh, where do you stand with uh, Randall Cobb? You know, you mentioned Geronimo Allison uh, earlier in the show. Uh, Jake Kumaro... Intriguing, you know. Unfortunately, he strained his uh, shoulder, but he's had some pretty good. He's had a good camp, if you know. If you follow, you know, uh, news coming out of camps. But uh, this week he was uh, three for 114, 82-yard touchdown catch, three for 76. Uh, first preseason game, 52-yard TD catch. Uh, Jake Kumaro. What do you think of the overall wide receiver situation there? Well, apparently, when Rodgers went off. A couple of weeks ago, remember when he said that pretty much everybody is sucked in camp outside of uh, Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Cobb. I guess that woke uh -huh. some people up. You know, right. Rodgers did go off. He wasn't happy with how they were practicing at all. You know, right. he, uh, he, I think he was having a small heart attack there. Uh, maybe he said, mm -hmm. I'm just a grumpy old man. Uh, so, once again, good to see this is happening. He's a lottery pick because Very we know Devontae so, yes. Adams is the man there. Randall mm -hmm. Cobb, I may not like Cobb, but he's still going to be probably number two in targets there out of the slot. Uh, Geronimo Allison, I think, is next. So I think Allison's mm -hmm. probably the one. Uh, I can't call him a sleeper anymore. We talk about him too much. Uh, mm -hmm. is, is that's a true sleeper. You know, if you want to go yes. for a guy that really no one's talking about, that's mm -hmm. fine. And once again, I'll, I'll say this over and over again. There are no bad 14th round picks. You right. know, once again, take a shot. See what happens. Mm -hmm. Maybe he will break out. He is having a nice camp. You know, Rodgers... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe what Roger said woke everybody up, and they're taking mm -hmm. it more seriously now. So I have no problem with it. Uh, once again, it'd be a, it would certainly be the last pick I make before my defenses and kickers. I'm not wasting mm -hmm. any other value on that. I don't, I don't see him breaking out. I don't because we. Mm -hmm. It seems rare that a young receiver is broken out in Green Bay. You know, I forget what was his... Uh, you know what? He's not even that young. He's 26 years old. I, I'm trying to find out some information about him. You know, maybe he's he's dealt with some injuries in the past. I know he used to be with the Bengals, but uh, he's not, you know, a 22 or 23-year-old. That You know, that's what I expect him to be. I was surprised when I saw he was 26. Well, the point being that you don't see Rodgers with a first-year receiver and, and his system break out. And we were waiting for years for Jeff Janis. I think that was the, the mm. receiver's name, to, to do something, and he never did. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, I think this offense is, like I said, filtered through Adams, Cobb, Graham to a lesser extent. The running game with Tyra, Ty Montgomery, Jamal Williams, and Aaron Jones when he returns. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, I, I wouldn't. Fourteenth like, round pick, fine. It's not something mm -hmm. I'm going to do, however. Right, and on the Steelers side, we already spoke about James Washington in this game. Uh, caught five of seven targets for 114 yards. Uh, Two uh, nice touchdown receptions. They were contested catches. Uh, 
And uh, basically, if you look at his draft profile, uh, route running needs a little work, but good speed. Uh, almost 20 yards per catch with Oklahoma. So you, you're right. Can't I mean, complain. this guy's going to be. Yeah, uh, he's going to be climbing up uh, draft boards. And uh, James Conner running back uh, and Le'Veon Bell's back up. Five for 57 in this game. That's 11.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. Um, you know, I mean, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, I mean, how important is it for you to uh, grab a, a Conner late in the draft? Or is it? Well, this is there, there are two things that come down to here with Conner. One, what, uh, what kind of fantasy owner are you? And what I mean by that is, if you're the kind of guy that if you don't draft Connor and Bell gets hurt, you're going to be banging your head against your desk, <laughs> against the wall, or wanting to jump off the roof, then go mm-hmm. ahead and take him in the 14th round. You know, right. me, personally, I don't want to take a pure handcuff. And what I mean by a pure mm-hmm. handcuff is Connor has almost no value to your fantasy right. team unless there is an injury. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do during bye weeks? If you're going to release him anyway in week five, when the bi- week four when the bye weeks start, then why even bother? I mean, really, why even bother? Uh, mm-hmm. If he is the first player to go, draft a, a better player now. You know, I, I don't draft pure handcuffs. I will draft uh, you know, second running backs who are still going to play each and every week. They'll get me some points. But I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to draft a guy that has, only has value if the starter gets hurt. Same thing with Edmonds and, uh, and Arizona. In, in normal leagues, if you're in a, a deeper mm-hmm. league where you, know, you have more bench spots, then this is completely different. But when you have four or five bench slots, I don't draft just a pure handcuff. I just don't. They don't have value unless that player gets hurt. And let's face it, even if uh, Bell gets hurt, uh, it's not like Khan's going to pick up right after. My team might be done anyway. You know, so I, I would m- much rather go for players that can help me week in and week out, even if it's just a smattering, small smattering of points. You know, but help me during those bye weeks, which we know are coming. That's how I view it. I would not draft uh, Connor, even if I owned Olivia and Bell. But as I said this morning, I never get the first, second, third, or fourth pick, so I don't have to worry about any of these top running backs because, God forbid, I should get a high pick. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, seem to care. Goodness. Nobody cares. No, I'm, I'm upset for you. I mean, you know, just you're you know, lying trying now. to make a little... Just, just, you're making me feel uncomfortable. I have to try to make this uh, a happy situation for you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, what you say is uh, you, you bring up some valid points, and the, but the uh, thing is that when the, the Steeler offense, right, I mean, it's almost like plug and play. Remember D'Angelo Williams when uh, Bell was out a, a few years back, uh, the, the kind of season he had? But uh, I get what you're saying, depending on – uh, how much room you have on your bench? Yeah, yeah. Connor is yeah, not Connor. D'Angelo Williams, though. Con- D'Angelo mm-hmm. Williams was a good back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then people are going to look into that. They're going to think because D'Angelo Williams did it. Oh, any back can be mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell. That's not the way it's going to work. Right. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs Falcons game. Chiefs uh, defeated the Falcons twenty-eight fourteen. Patrick Mahomes sixty-nine yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Uh, if anybody who's drafted uh, Tyreek Hill early. And even Patrick Mahomes early, a little uh, sigh of relief, right? Uh, Mahomes, uh, 8 for 12, 138 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And Tyreek Hill, four catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Well, I mean, I'm not a big Hill guy. You know, he's, he does one thing well, and that's a deep too, ball. Too much boom or bust, right? Right, right. But, he, but he's not a best ball guy because he's, you know, he can be better, but I don't know when that's mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, but so you won't see me drafting him in round three, round four. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I want uh, somebody a little bit more consistent that I can rely on. Not, I, not that I need the big play each and every week or else it's just not going to be there for me. So like I said, yeah, I won't have much of Hill. Uh, Mahomes, he shouldn't be a quarterback one. I mean, there's more than enough quarterbacks to go around where you don't need to take a chance on him. I think he will be a legitimate NFL starter and eventually will be a fantasy starter, but it's not this year. Quarterback is too deep. As if you put Mahomes in as a quarterback one, who'd you draft him over? Do you take out Phil Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan? And even Matt Ryan's not a quarterback one for me. Garoppolo? Did he go? Andrew Luck? You know, it looks like you're, you're looking for a reason then to put him in there. Mm-hmm. And I think you should be looking for a reason to take him out. You know, I, I'm a more right. I'm a conservative drafter, Joe. You know, Philip Rivers does the same numbers almost every year: 4,500 yards, 30 yeah. touchdowns. You know, you know what you're mm-hmm. gonna get from him. Ben. I get it; he has problems on the road, but still, the numbers are there overall. You know, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, when he when healthy, is probably a top eight quarterback, more or less top twelve, and he looks seems to be healthy now. Granted, I don't like the receiving core outside of T.Y. Hilton, but he's healthy. I'm gonna uh, roll with Luck there that, that he can do some magic, especially for a team that's going to be trailing in a lot of games. Uh, but that also brings me to Mahomes. They're going to be trailing in a lot of games, too. That Kansas City defense mm. is awful. 
right now. Maybe it gets better, maybe it doesn't. There could be a lot of throws coming in the second half uh, from Kansas City as well. Hmm. Uh, does that bode well for uh, Sammy Watkins? Are Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill almost too similar, kind of like uh, boomer bust kind of guys? Well, that's why I was surprised that Kansas City signed Watkins, because they are similar. You know, mm-hmm. I, they're trying to turn Watkins into that more all-around receiver, where he'll more, run more of the mm-hmm. intermediate routes, the routes over the middle, that sort of thing. Something he's never been all that great at before uh, in the past. So I was, mm-hmm. like I said, I was very surprised that they signed Watkins for this reason. I thought they needed a more traditional wide receiver too here. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, Watkins. Uh, if, if he can't run those intermediate routes and his value really, because you're going to go with deep ball, you're going to Tyree Hill, right? I mean, you're gonna, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to go. You know Kelsey's going to get a whole bunch of targets and touches. And we have Kareem Hunt, who has to get more than his share as well. So where does that mm-hmm. leave Watkins? You know, he's the player out of this office that worries me the most. And the guy that doesn't worry you the most, uh, I would say probably Travis Kelsey, right? Oh, yeah, he's a tight end, too. No worse than tight end three. You want to put Ertz over him? Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with it. Uh, Kelly's, uh, Kelsey is great. A young quarterback mm-hmm. is going to look for that big target over the middle. Uh, I could see him, once again, the offense pretty much being Hunt, run the ball. Ertz, uh, Ertz Kelsey, take the uh, passes over the middle. Tyreek Hill, run the ball deep. With, Wat- with Watkins almost being a decoy. Hmm. All right, well, when we come back, more fantasy football talk. Listen to Weekend Fantasy Update. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code F-N-T-S-Y. So uh, before uh, we went to commercial, George, we were talking uh, Chiefs, Falcons. Uh, Any worry on the Chiefs side about uh, Spencer Ware taking away some uh, playing time from Kareem Hunt? Uh, Spencer Ware coming off a season-ending injury last, last season. I mean, Kareem Hunt being drafted, and, and I think he should be, uh, you know, later first-round pick? No, not really any worry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand where, um, you know, maybe Hunt doesn't break out like he did last year, where he doesn't get hurt, uh, but mm-hmm. Hunt's the real deal. Where was a, a mm-hmm. decent back, but he's a backup. Yeah, uh, well, could he get... Uh, I mean, he'll give, uh, he'll give Hunt some rest, like, like a lot of backs mm-hmm. will. Does he have value? It's really what we're asking. Does he have any fantasy value? You know, he's not just a handcuff, so you can make an argument, yes, but I don't know how much he's going to play overall, because I'll say, I'll say this again, KC's defense is bad. It'd be mm. bad. They're going to be trailing a lot in the games, which means they've got to throw a lot, especially in the second half, which means, you know, where can catch the ball in the backfield as well. Hunt does it better, though. 
So I just don't know what where his value is here. Where I'm going to draft him in fantasy. He uh, probably does for as far as uh, a 14th round pick. And if you have Hunt, you want to draft him as a handcuff, even though he's not. He's a little bit more than that. I'm uh, fine. I wouldn't do it, mind you. Um, Hunt's not even uh, Hunt. Uh, Where's not even on my radar, really, as far as mm-hmm. drafting him. Not in a standard. I mean, if you're in a 14, 16, 18 team league, something like that, that's different. You're playing 10 bench spots, that's different. But for mm-hmm. most standard leagues, where in which case you have five bench spots, even if I have Hunt, I'm not even thinking about taking where. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Falcon side, you have uh, Matty Ryan, who was uh, five for seven, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, according to NFFC ADP, uh, he and Philip Rivers, who you mentioned earlier, back to back in terms of ADP, twelve and thirteen. Which one of these two guys do you prefer? I like Phil Rivers. I don't know why mm-hmm. he gets. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say he has a bad reputation. Well, yeah, I mean, he has. I guess he, people don't like the way he acts sometimes. Maybe that's why he tries. Mm-hmm. But his numbers tell you it's going to be good season in, season out. Uh, right now, I have uh, Luck at 10, Ben 11, Rivers 12, Ryan 13, Garoppolo 14. And I'll keep switching mm-hmm. those around you know, as I see them more and more. Uh, I don't take uh, Mahomes for all intents and purposes as a rookie quarterback. Yes, he started one game mm-hmm. last year. It was meaningless. didn't matter. Week 17. Uh, I, he, the kid can play. He has arm strength. He, actually, has a, he has a bazooka for an arm. But that being said... He's still starting his first season, you know, and I, I just think there's going to be issues here. I and mean, the quarterback is so deep, I don't need to take him. So, like I said, I'll, I'll stick with one of the veterans here. I like Phil Rivers. If Phil Rivers is the quarterback of all or most of my fantasy teams, I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrell Williams, a guy that kind of gets uh, pushed aside in drafts. Big play receiver. Do you think he makes enough big plays to make himself uh, fantasy relevant this season? Well, I mean, Hunter Henry going down helps him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so now there are more targets to go around. They sort of they want to make Mike Williams that new big target in the uh, in the end zone in the red zone for Phil right. Rivers. Uh, so, but that hurts as well. I do think, as of right now, that yes, there are enough uh, balls to go around because they haven't replaced Hunter Henry. You know, I mm-hmm. I I gotta tell you, I'm really surprised they haven't signed Antonio Gates. You know, and maybe it'll come. Maybe Gates doesn't want to sign right now because it's still August 18th. He doesn't want to show up to training camp. He knows the system, mm-hmm. knows Phil. Is it, you know, he's in shape and just doesn't want to go mm-hmm. through the grind here. You know, most training camps just ended. So uh, maybe that's mm-hmm. what will happen here. Uh, but that being said, uh, yeah, I, I, I like Tyrell Williams as a, res- a reserve. I don't want him starting for me. Mm-hmm. don't want him in my flex. But as a reserve mm-hmm. wide receiver with some upside, yes, I do like him. And back to the Falcons. Uh, who do you think has more fantasy value by season's end? Uh, the aforementioned Tyrell Williams or uh, Calvin Ridley? Uh, his uh, preseason, last preseason game, three for 49 and a touchdown. I think you kind of like uh, Ridley, uh, but do you like him? Uh, do you think he has more upside than, uh, than a Tyrell Williams? I mean, I do like Ridley. You're correct. Matter of fact, I like him a mm-hmm. lot. You know, I think Ridley mm-hmm. is a uh, is going to be a good wide receiver. I really, I'm as a Cowboy fan, I was really disappointed slash disgusted that Dallas passed on him. It was a position mm-hmm. of need. He fell to you. It was a gift from God, and you didn't take him. So mm-hmm. that is very frustrating to me that uh, they did that. Uh, that being said, uh, he's not there. It doesn't matter. I would probably still go Tyrell Williams, but it's close. You know, the Atlanta offense should score points almost at will, assuming Matt Ryan uh, mm-hmm. has a better grasp of the uh, system this season, which he didn't last year with the change in coordinators. So assuming he does, uh, he should be fine. Uh, so I, I like uh, I, I like I like really I like him a lot. Jones on the other side, the good running game. He'll never see double coverage, never see a man over the top. Should have a good season. Tyrell Williams has done it already, and it's almost in the same situation, right? I mean, good running mm-hmm. game. You got Keenan Allen. <laughs> he'll never see double coverage either. So it co- just comes down to, I'll take the guy who I've seen do it before, in Tyrell Williams, I'll take him over Ridley, but I do like them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin Hooper, two for 33 and a touchdown for the Falcons in their preseason game. Uh, he was a guy that I think a lot of people last season expected to have, uh, I guess, a, a breakout year. Uh, do you think that this is the one? And, and uh, who do you compare him to in terms of, you know, maybe uh, Sleeper or 
other kind of tight ends that could outplay their ADP. Uh, I'll bring up one other name, uh, Hayden Hurst, getting a lot of uh, positive reviews uh, this preseason, uh, Ravens tight end. You know, it's funny. It seems to me with uh, in regards to Hooper, where no one's talking about him anymore. Like, we, you know, we've seen this story before, and it hasn't worked yeah. out. You know, and uh, he, hasn't, uh, he hasn't lived up to what we, I don't want to say expectations, but lived up to what we were hoping he would be. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a 25 on my rankings list. Uh, I'm not, I won't be touching him. Uh, I mean, I guess you could think about it. If you draft Jordan Reed, if you draft Tyler Eifert, you're probably going to have to draft a second tight end. Probably. I don't mm-hmm. even say it definitely because if no one else is drafting a backup tight end, well, you can always make a, uh, a claim during the week if Jordan or Eifert's not going to play, so you don't have to worry about it. But if six, seven, mm-hmm. or eight tight ends backups are going, then maybe you feel you have to, and that's where he would come into play. You know, if so many backups are going. But tight end is, is weird this, this season. You have your top three, Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey. Then you have your next tier, Ingram, Olsen, Graham, Walker, Rudolph. Uh, that's, that's about the end of that tier. Then you have your guys who are tight end ones, but they have some issues, you know, as far as uh, Trey Burton, or, uh, new, uh, new teams, how they're going to use them. Jordan Reed always gets hurt. Doyle, Andrew Luck situation. Eifert hurt. Kittle already has separated shoulder. Uh, Najoku, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you say it's Cleveland. He was having a rough camp until preseason game one. All right, and then you have your other guys, and that's this is, and it's a whole host of other guys. You know, the guys you want as backups: the O.J. Howards, Clay's, Ebron's, Cooks, Safarian Jenkins, McDonald, Seals, Jones, Watson. He goes on and on. Hurst, Hooper. Uh, I apologize if I left somebody out there. Which guy do you grab? That's what I mean. By, you don't necessarily have to take a backup tight end, even if you have Reed or Eifert, because if you're going to get one of the ten tight ends I just named, who mm-hmm. cares which one it is? You know, so maybe I'm not using a bench spot even for that. Uh, so unless you want a top tight end for your backup, then you may have to. Hmm. All right, uh, let's move on. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this game, but the uh, but we should talk about uh, the Giants. Giants defeated the uh, Lions 30-17. to Backup quarterback Davis Webb looked pretty good uh, on Friday night. Um, and uh, earlier in the week, the Giants had a big scare. And me as a Giants fan, I had a big scare myself uh, with uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, their uh, number one pick in this year's draft, uh, getting himself uh, hurt. But uh, thankfully, it was just a, a tweak to his hamstring, and he should be okay. I mean, it just reminded me of how, you know, with with, with Geis, I mean, you know, uh, it just... You know, he was laughing on the sidelines, walking around and whatnot. You know, you just hoped that it didn't turn into something like that. But uh, thankfully, it was just a tweak to Saquon Barkley's hamstring. Yeah, as somebody who uh, drafted Geis in multiple leagues uh, and lost mm-hmm. him, and then I, I'm pretty sure I have Barkley in another league with Geis, that would have been devastating. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Right. Lost my top two running backs already? Really? Thanks. Uh, so that that would have hurt. Uh, the reason I don't know if I have Barkley and Geis in one league is... Uh, the one league I'm in, the, uh, it's an expert league, industry league as I like to call them. Uh, mm-hmm. It was done live, and that league still hasn't been posted online yet, so I can't remember if I took uh, – <laughs> I know I got Barkley at five. That I know. I remember my mm-hmm. first round pick, but I'm not positive I, have, I took guys in three or four, I, but I, I'm pretty sure I did. So I know I'll mm-hmm. be crying when they do post that league, uh, which I hope is somewhat soon. Uh, that being said, Barkley, um, I think you still have to worry a little bit because it's hamstring. <laughs> Sometimes they don't heal. And you don't really, with right. the hamstring, you don't know if it's healed until you get, you see a play. And, and what I mean by play, mm-hmm. I mean play hard. Get that adrenaline flowing. It's easy to uh, re-injure. So uh, if I'm a Giants fan, if I'm a Barkley owner, I don't want to see him again in the preseason. Talk to me mm-hmm. in week one. You know, the practice before week one, that's when he should be going hard at it. I think if you do see him before then, it's a good sign. I don't think you'll see him in mm-hmm. a game before then. I think that'd be a little silly with Giants. He, I know Barkley's a rookie, but he really has nothing to prove. We know the kid's mm-hmm. going to be good. You know, so uh, I don't need to see him. As I said, I, as a Barkley owner, I don't want to see him. Talk to me in uh, you know, September 5th when they start practice for week one. Uh, you can see him then, take a look at him, hope he's healthy. But I don't want to see him before then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't want to see him uh, before then either. Uh, and uh, when he had that uh, great run to start the season, the, to start the preseason, I just said, okay, we've seen enough, <laughs> you know, you know, have him uh, stand on the sidelines and whatnot because, you know, he's a precious commodity for the Giants and you don't want any chances of him getting hurt. Uh, moving on, Bills uh, defeated the Browns 19-17. to A.J. McCarron 
hairline collarbone fracture, eight to ten week recovery time for this injury. Um, I'm thinking that this is going to open the or pave the way for Josh Allen, the their rookie, to be the week one starter. I mean, I can't see them starting Nathan Peterman. Well, you know, the problem with the, is this. Um, I want to agree with you. I do. You know, uh, when it comes to a rookie quarterback, I think you start him, especially when your team has no chance at the playoffs, and Buffalo doesn't. You know, there are several teams like this, Buffalo, Jets, uh, Arizona. You should be starting that rookie quarterback as soon as you feel he's ready, whether that's week mm-hmm. one, week two, five, ten, whatever it might be. But here's my issue with Buffalo. Let's say they do think he's available week one. They play at Baltimore. Good defense. Not great, but good. Week two, they play the Chargers. That's a very good defense. Week three, at Minnesota. Maybe the best defense in the NFL. See where I'm going here? Boy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you want to yeah. throw him to the Wolves like Tough this? start. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's, the problem with Buffalo, there is no cushion here. Uh, because week four, okay, you get a weaker defense, but do you want to start him in Lambeau against the Packers? Mm. You know, then you go back home, you get Tennessee, Houston are back-to-back games. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it comes down to uh, where it might be the best situation, week seven at Indianapolis. It's on the road, but it's Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. You know, so other than playing in a dome, and it's likely to be loud there, you get a weak defense. You know, you, you can't go home, you can't wait till you're home the next week, because then it's Monday night against New England. That'd be a zoo. Mm-hmm. I can't see you doing that. And then you got Chicago, and then, and then you get to late, late in the season here. I think you want them in, uh, in by this point when you get the Jets mm-hmm. and uh, you know, then they got Jacksonville, Miami Jets again. So uh, that's really probably the cushioning of the schedule is Week 10. Yes, you get Jacksonville, but you also get the Jets twice and Miami in there. You mm-hmm. know, and even, even the end of the season is Detroit, New England, Miami again. So that's their cushion. But do you want to wait until Week 10 to do that? Hmm. How many games do you think the uh, Bills win this year? You talked about them as uh, possibly the worst team in the NFL. I think they are the worst team in the NFL. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, once again, are we giving them a win at Baltimore week one? Not on the road, no. Chargers no. lost. Minnesota lost. Green Bay lost. Tennessee lost. Houston lost. At Indianapolis week seven. If it was at home, maybe. Maybe. You know, but mm. no. I, I, I'm going to say lost, lost, lost to Chicago. Uh, they'll beat the Jets once. They'll beat Miami once. So I'll give them two wins. I'll, but yeah. I'll, I'll, so I'll assume they win another game that's close. Let's give them three. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they beat the Browns uh, in preseason 19-17. Browns' run game uh, looked real good. But uh, you alluded to this earlier in our show. Uh, just too many uh, too many mounts to feed here. A three-headed monster. You had Carlos Hyde, 9 for 64 with a touchdown. That's a 7.1 yard per carry. Uh, Duke Johnson, nice change of pace back. 4 for 27, 6.8 yards per carry. You know, he's going to be catching a, a ton of passes out of the backfield. And even Nick Chubb performed uh, well. 11 for 53, 4.8 yards per carry and a touchdown. So, uh, I mean, Carlos Hyde getting no respect whatsoever. Chubb's, I think, going ahead of him, right, in drafts? He is because it's it's weird because uh, they both are the same running back. The only running back I really trust there is Duke Johnson because I know his role. You know, he'll be the pass right, catcher back, right. so I know what he's going to do. Other than that, Hyde and Chubb, they could cannibalize each other. Maybe it's a committee. Maybe it's the hot guy. Maybe it's a rotating. Whatever it might be, it's not going to be good for fantasy owners. So I'm going to have a tough time taking either one of these. But I would draft Duke Johnson. I have, I'm much more mm-hmm. confident in him because, once again, I like to find roles. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if you were to tell me right now that Chubb or Hyde was the goal line guy, I would put that guy above the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mentioned earlier Josh Gordon uh, back with the Browns. Um, his ADP uh, for the month of June into July was uh, wide receiver 18. That's according to NFFC ADP. Uh, currently, it's at 23, so he is dropping, right? Dropped about five uh, uh, spots. And uh, just... It is a little worrisome, just the, the whole situation now. Uh, TMZ came out with this where he hasn't paid uh, child support. So you just hope that uh, you know he could maybe being in camp will help him just to focus on, you know, on, uh, you know, on football. He still needs to be cleared, mind you, by doctors. And I don't think the NFL needs to clear him as well. So he's not just because he's back all of a sudden going to be in there. I have all sorts mm-hmm. of worries 
<laughs> about uh, uh, Josh Gordon. At 18, no way. I'm not taking him as wide receiver 18. He's not going to be my wide receiver too. I don't think I'll be taking him at all. So uh, I- I'm going to I'll pass. He- let him be, uh, once again, let him be somebody else's problem. There you go. Okay. Conservative drafter like I am. We'll be back with more f- weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update Drama on this uh, Incoming song Like Game of Thrones Is it back? That that kind of style, yeah, yeah Uh, Not yet going to be a while, I think. I think we still have at least maybe six months. You know, I think sometime in oh, I think it's 2019. More than that. I think well, it's May. Is, is, uh, no, I think it's next uh, May or next June. I don't think oh, it's wow. anywhere near uh, uh, the, uh, I don't think it's near winter or spring. I don't think I could be wrong about that, but I remember thinking, damn, that's a long freaking time to wait for the conclusion of this uh, TV show. One of the few shows that I actually watch and pay attention to. I feel like I'm going to need to rewatch, you know, all these episodes because to remember what's going on. You know, I mean, I remember that uh, one of the dragons was brought back to life by the Snow King, whatever he's called, right? So now the one of the King. dragons is bad. Yes, <laughs> right. Then I can't. Sean helping us out. Uh, so really, I got to you know brush up on uh, my Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, it's hard it to keep track back. of that. Sh- Even if you watch every week, it's hard to keep track of what's going on on that show. Right, right. Yeah, especially like because Khaleesi has like 32 names, right? <laughs> so you, gotta, you know, uh, if, if, if you ask me to describe, you know, some of the characters on that show, I'm like, you know, you know, the guy that the guy with the sword and you know, the mountain <laughs> and the guy who knows it, it is the one. Sh- <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, the, the scene that just sticks out at me is was the. Uh, there was a fight scene where I think it was the mountain. He just crushed the guy's skull in his hand. Remember that scene? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember hand, that I one. Sure I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. How could you forget that one? Woo. The problem with that show is, you know, when I watch TV shows, I generally I'm, I'm writing or I'm doing some kind of work in the background. You can't do that right. with Game of Thrones because you'll never no, be no, able to can't. follow everything. You need to take notes because right. there's like six different right. storylines going on at once. It's uh, mm-hmm. I think I have to show you uh. When I get it on DVD, and I will end up buying the series on DVD, I'll watch it a few mm-hmm. times, and I'll catch things I never saw before. Because, oh, I right. forgot about that. Oh, that, oh, that explains what was going on there. That sort of thing. It's, right. uh, like I said, the show is uh, comprehensive, to put it nicely. Yeah. And sometimes when you watch a show like that, you know, either you, you stream it uh, on demand, then you could watch multiple episodes, you know, more frequently. Uh, it helps you out because, you know, Game of Thrones, you're, you're watching whatever, a 10, 12 uh, episode season. Then all of a sudden it's off the air for, it seems like a year. Then you have to, you know, re-familiarize yourself with what's going on and what has happened and whatnot. But when you stream it that way... It, you know, stuff is more fresh oh, yeah. in your mind. Like we, we yeah, binging it is definitely watching, the way to go. Yeah, yeah. Like recently, I uh, restarted watching uh, The Sopranos because I, you know, I watched it years ago and uh, just started watching. And, and you catch, like you just said, you catch so many more things. Uh, you know, streaming it and, and watching it in succession. So. All right, let's uh, finish off the show uh, with some fantasy baseball talk. Uh, some prominent names on the DL today: uh, Chris Sale was uh, placed on the DL. This is uh, his second time, right, uh, George? Uh, shoulder inflammation for Chris Sale. And uh, he's a guy, he has a lot of mileage on that uh, on that shoulder, right? And, uh, I'm looking one, two, three, four, four 200-plus 
inning seasons uh, out of him. So uh, are you concerned with a little uh, shoulder inflammation from Chris Sale? Or do you think that maybe the uh, Red Sox are just going to rest him because uh, yeah, the playoffs are coming? I think you have to be a little concerned. I mean, it's good. The first time I assumed uh, that it was just for a uh, you know a rest, but then it dawned on me well, when I, as soon as I thought about that, boy, they're resting for the Yankees series though, right? Wouldn't you rather if you're gonna give it was just purely for a rest? Shouldn't they have done it after the Yankee series? So then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, there must be something wrong here. Then, then he came back was playing was on the minimum, pretty much the minimum. Pitched, uh, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, and pitched was great, mm-hmm. right? We were six innings, struck out a thousand guys, uh, the Orioles, right? And now he's back <laughs> on. All right, so yeah, I think you need to be concerned here. This is more than just the Red Sox playing games and giving him a rest. And but when I say right. when I say the Red Sox playing games, all teams do this, by the way. But this is just more than that, you know. So I think yeah, you need to be concerned here that something is up. But once again, the Red Sox have nothing to play for now until October. I mean, they can literally right. rest them now yeah. until uh, until the division series, and they're fine. So they'll play co course mm-hmm. with them. They have enough stars to cover, and they score that. Once again, they score 500 runs a game anyway. So uh, I'm not all that worried about the Red Sox. But if you're a sale owner, yeah, I'm annoyed. Wrong mm-hmm. time, and we've seen the story before with Sale, right? He always. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a shock. The man was he 120 pounds, soaking wet. I mean, he's thin. Right. He's not built like a Roger Clemens or you know Randy Johnson. Uh, got those kind of guys who could last the whole season. He does seem to have problems, like a lot of pitchers do, as the season mm-hmm. wears on. Right. Uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, you alluded to uh, earlier, four to six weeks uh, on the disabled list, um, and putting up kind of Clayton Kershaw. Um, Scherzer, Max Scherzer kind of numbers. Um, how about this for a uh, fantasy strategy? Uh, if you're a team that's uh, sitting in first place and you could weather this, you could, you, you know, would you drop him? And maybe uh, have some of the other teams in your league kind of exhaust some of their fab budget uh, bidding on him. This way, you know, if, uh, we could talk about some of the players that are going to be uh, coming up off the, uh, you know, on the waiver wire. Some some young kids coming up. Maybe you could uh, beat them to the punch when it comes to fab dollars. There are a lot of different ways to win a fantasy league, and uh, I've I've done mm-hmm. some weird things in my. I've I've lost trades on purpose because I want to keep a player away from somebody else. You know, uh-huh. and uh, this is sort of in that, in that same situation where you know you shouldn't drop a player, but you're thinking about doing it because you want to kill some fab. Uh, you want to have your this, opposition kill the fab, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Use and, the fab up. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a year, uh, last couple of years actually, unless you're playing in a league with unlimited DL slots, you're going to have some tough decisions to make. You know, uh, most leagues you have two, four. You know, and I can tell you one, one league I'm in right now. Is a, luckily for me, it's a league with unlimited. It's, it is my home league. I have nine guys on a DL. Nine. Mm, wow. Nine. Wow. <laughs> all right. And these are all legitimate players, by the way. This is not uh, scrubs here. Uh, these are all legitimate mm-hmm. players. I, t- I just had Bauer, Trout, and Vado all go on within the last what week to ten days. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. frustrating. It's all hell. As all hell. But that being said, uh, if I was in a league with only four or five nine, DL slots, I'd have some nine, interesting nine, decisions nine. to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd have some interesting decisions to make. Who do I hold on to? And do I have to release some players on a DL now? Because I, I, I want my bench spots to be live. I don't want to have DL slots. I don't want to have DL guys on my bench slots. So might I release somebody like Bauer? Yeah, I might. Because he, he's out four to six weeks. You can do the simple yeah. math. Maybe if it's four weeks. That means he's not coming back until September 18th. And we don't know if he'll be ready to pitch then. They are trying to keep his uh-huh. arm up. You know, he's throwing from his knees, you know, trying to keep the arm strength up. That's great. He may only get one or two starts from Bauer for the, from now for the rest of the season. If you need that, uh, that roster spot and you, your DL is full, yeah, I have no problem letting him go. And if it kills all, if somebody else, uh, Bleasley is coming back sooner or is going to make four or five starts, whatever it might be, and they want to waste their fab, God bless you and good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I mean, pretty soon uh, rosters, uh, major league rosters, are going to expand. Uh, I think uh, right after September, right? So a uh, couple. And that's of players, bad for fantasy, uh, by the way. Mm. Because players don't go on the DL then. Right. They don't need to. They don't need the roster spot anymore. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of guys who could be, you know, their head could have been decapitated. And they still don't come on uh, go on the DL. <laughs> it's extremely 
once again, it's frustrating again. And I don't obviously you don't blame the teams. There's, there's no reason to put a player on with DL. The player you're going to call right. up is already on the roster. You know, you have 33 mm-hmm. guys here already. You know, so uh, I said uh, I know we like the rookies that are going to come up. You know, the youngsters if they come up. But uh, right. it's also it drives me insane that I know that I'm not going to be able to replace uh, my DL guys as well. And now you have, once again another tough roster decision. Right. You talk about the rookies. Uh, one guy I like, uh, Michael Kopech, for starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, I'm looking uh, CBS. He's owned in 47% of leagues uh, last time I checked, which is a significant, but uh, he could be there for you. And here's a guy that, uh, you know, always a, a great strikeout pitcher, but uh, uh, been dealing with uh, control issues, but uh, seems to fix that. Uh, so um, last time I looked, he had uh, 59 strikeouts and four walks in his last 44 minor league innings pitched this season. I'm a little concerned with the the uh, number of innings he's pitched so far this year. Uh, wondering how many uh, more innings the White Sox would let him uh, throw. But uh, he really has fixed his uh, issue with control. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see Kopech this season. Uh, I also mm-hmm. own him in a, uh, a deep keeper league. Uh, and I'll have him for next year. I'll, actually, I'll have him for at least I think, the next four years, if I if my, remember my rules correctly. Uh, the, they should have called up Eloy Jimenez a long time ago. This guy yeah, that was the next guy it. I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been crushing it. And he's, he's got nothing to prove there, yet they're still not calling him up. Which means... Mm. All they're worried about is service time. That mm-hmm. that tells you all you need to know there. So they may not call up either guy in September, or maybe it'll be the end of you know last couple of weeks to conserve as much of that service time as possible. So uh, I don't know if I'll see Kopech. And even if you do, if Jimenez comes up, you, you're you're claiming him, <clears throat> unless you really are, are stacked on offense, you don't need him. But even then, you might want to keep him away from somebody. When, if and when Kopech comes up, I think the strikeouts could be there. I imagine uh, the ratios could have some problems, but your ratios are probably set by then anyway. You're not going to really move up or down. Just, you need to really pay attention to your standings. Is there is it a possible? Are you within point oh oh one of something? Then you may want to be careful here. If you need strikeouts, though, that's what you're going to want out of Kopech because he will strike out people. But that may be the mm-hmm. only category he can help you in. Yeah. Uh, any other guys you're interested in picking up uh, within the next uh, week or so? Uh, Willie Adamas, uh, eligible at second base, shortstop for the Rays. Last I checked, 34% owned in CBS Sports Leagues. Uh, he's been hot, betting uh, well over 300, a uh, few home runs, uh, some stolen bases. Uh, in his, uh, I have him at uh, four stolen bases in the past almost three weeks. And uh, like I said, multi-position uh, eligibility. Uh, I mean, when it comes to Adams, I think he should have been claimed already. If you needed a middle infielder, I think he's one of the top prospects. <clears throat> top That's op- why I was surprised for the race. Surprised he was only thirty-four percent owned. I'm surprised. He's one of the top offensive prospects for the Rays, and he's a good player. He's going to be somebody who's going to be mm-hmm. on your fantasy radar next year. Uh, Adamas should be, uh, it, only if you need it. Maybe you didn't need a middle infielder. Middle infield is, is right. a little deeper than we think this year, so it was, it was a possibility you didn't. But if you did, he should have been mm-hmm. claimed really uh, a while back. This kid's a player. Yeah, Harrison Bader, outfielder for the uh, Cardinals. Last I checked, thirty percent owned in CBS Sports leagues. Uh, hits for power. He's, uh, you know, put together some uh, double-digit stolen base numbers in his minor league career. Unfortunately, gets caught a lot, but uh, be getting regular at bats as of late for the Cardinals. Is there any chance his nickname's not Master? Anybody? Really? No one can figure this out. Harrison, Bader, Master. Am I on air? No one listening to me anymore? No one can figure out this nickname. Sean, Joe, anybody? No one's getting it. Really? Speechless? Crickets? Uh, All right, fine. What's happening uh, here? As for Bader. No, not, not talking to anybody anymore. Not talking to you two. Uh, I'm just talking. I'll talk to the audience. No one got the joke. Harrison, Bader, nickname being Master. <clears throat> but no. Oh, no, wow. All right, fine. Oh, hey, it came back. <laughs> My God, how does nobody get this? Hey, I was just trying Shame to edit some stuff. I only just heard about this now. <laughs> You're talking about being in a clubhouse. His nickname isn't, isn't Master. Come on. Come on. Well, still silence. 
All right, I got oh. Scott Engel yesterday by uh, talking about the cheerleader channel and how we could have titter.com, and now it's uh, Bader, Master. Fine. Okay. Off the tracks. It's 6 o'clock anyway. I'm good. Is Joe alive? Uh, hold on. Let me see I if he Joe. is. <laughs> I, th I think that's the problem. I think, I think we, we killed Joe here. I think Joe is uh, on the ground someplace with the, we're having a heart attack. Can't believe uh, I came up with that nickname. All right, as for Bader, I'm probably not drafting him. You know, I think when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to uh, Carlos have a lot of outfielders there, and uh, Tyler O'Neill is the guy I'd rather have uh, than uh, <laughs> than Bader. I think he'll be fine in the end. I think he's a player in the end, but as of right now, I think he's not. So I'm not going to go there with him uh, now. As for, uh, you know, usually Joe likes to talk about the closer report now, and there are always save, situ save situation problems uh, in Major League Baseball. And, uh, and nothing's really changed here. Uh, it's been a strange year for closers. Uh, I, it, closer, in my mind, is always the most volatile position in baseball. There are so many reasons to change when we're seeing this over and over again. Uh, Cody Glover is the guy you want in Washington if you're looking to grab somebody. But Sean, Sean Doolittle could be back shortly. And really, Kelvin Herrera, they don't expect to be back that much longer uh, than that. So, like I said, if you're going to spend uh, big money this weekend, I'd be careful on uh, spending big time on Glover. A dollar or two just to cover yourself, fine. But, <coughs> excuse me, don't go overboard there. You may be severely disappointed there. Uh, I, I've gotten some questions about Oakland. Uh, Blake training is fine. There's nothing wrong with training. Yes, they've acquired uh, Juris Familia a few weeks back, and they just got Fernando Rodney last week, but he's good. Training's fine. No, no, real, no real reason to worry there. They just have a very good bullpen. Aroldis Chapman with the Yankees. He's been up and down lately, had a hard time finding the strike zone. You know, so for whatever reason there, keep it, uh, he's, he, the Yankees aren't going to replace him. Uh, he has an infl inflammation in his knee, but he says he could pitch through it. He did look great in his last save opportunity, but they're still uh, to keep an eye on there. The Mets are also driving fantasy owners a little nuts here. They don't really have a closer. Mickey Callaway said he's going to go by committee, and he has. And with Gasolman and Lugo, then Callaway comes out and says, hey, we may watch their innings next month. Oh, great. So who does that leave? Swarzak's on the DL. Ramos is on the DL. So uh, I don't think we know what's going to happen as far as Lugo and Gasselman are concerned. Now that the Mets are going to win an overwhelming share of games. Anyway, in Minnesota, it's Trevor Hildenberger you want since Fernando Rodney is gone. Oh, he seems to be the better choice over Addison Reed. Corey Knievel, he uh, has been pitching all that great of late. And uh, Milwaukee came out and said, eh, we're going to watch his, uh, his inning. Uh, we're going to watch uh, what situations we put him in. You know, so they want to, in other words, build up his confidence again before they automatically put him back in. Dodgers, Jansen is pitching a bullpen. He's hoping to come back as soon as next week. The Dodgers are a mess in that bullpen without him. I expect Kenta Maeda to get the next save opportunity for that team, or maybe every save opportunity until Jansen returns. Uh, other than that, everything else looks status quo. Brandon Morrow is still not ready to return. Hunter Strickland did come up with a 60-day DL for San Francisco, so perhaps uh, Strickland comes in there for saves, but I think Will Smith pretty much has that job locked down. And I see Mr. Galena has recovered from his heart attack. Yeah, I don't know what that happened, but uh, glad to be back with you. And uh, So, George, uh, I'll be seeing you live and in person at the uh, Empire City Casino in Yonkers. Good job taking over. You're the man, and thanks to everyone for listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks to Sean Angle doing a great job producing the show. See you next week.